Welcome back to the 150K Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Graham, uh, where we help you take your dreams to six figures and beyond. Today, I have with me Jessica Kate of the Inspiring Minds Movement. She's an inspirational coach, all-around wonderful person. Um, I met her online a couple of years ago. I've been following her content for a little bit. Uh, Jessica, for my viewers that don't know you right now, give us a little bit of your background, what you're doing, how you help people. Absolutely. I'd love to. And first of all, thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate you being on. <laughs> You're welcome. Okay. So I am the founder of a global movement called Inspiring Minds Movement. Uh, this movement was created off the back end of quite a big tragedy in my life. Um, I did lose my father to suicide. So I wanted to create this movement in, in his honor and a legacy for him, but also to, to, provide a platform and allow people all over the world to come together and know that this is this is a space that's that's safe for people to be vulnerable and open and share and gain the support and guidance that they need to get themselves through adversity in, in their life. And off the back end of that, we then created a women's division. So I've got Inspiring Women Co. And we are uncovering the secrets on women's business and lifestyle. Uh, so I run self-development events. I do one-on-one -on -one coaching. I do group coaching online. Um, I run programs and do workshops. And yeah, very, very sought after in the industry now. So the last few years have been absolutely amazing. And I feel honored to be in this space, truly. No, that is awesome. And, and that's pretty cool. So this came from a tragedy in your life. And now you're being able to help people all around the world. So that's amazing. Like I saw some of the uh, like videos and stuff with the women's party and the dancing and the self-help and all that, that that's pretty cool. I like that. Um, so my first question is pretty easy. You've been doing coaching and helping. Is it more focused on like women or is it focused overall? Is that kind of the direction I've been seeing you go? Now, I know you help men, but is it more of a women empowerment focusing or? No, actually the opposite. So I do attract in more male clients. I feel because I bring that uh, very significant balance between masculine and feminine, mm -hmm. right? Because I, I do believe I am very strong in my masculine and I do have um, that, that fighter streak in me because I've overcome a lot of adversity in my life and there's a lot of men that relate to what I've gone through. Mm -hmm. But I've also had some men admit that they come to me for coaching because they'd like to attract a woman like me into their life. And so mm -hmm. struggling in relationships, they want to learn more about how to build successful relationships from a woman's perspective um, and someone that they would want to align themselves with or attract into their lives. So I love their honesty and sharing that. And I, I'm, I'm more than happy to guide them in that area. Also, uh, the, the women's division, that was created because women love to gather. Mm -hmm. right? Women love to gather. They love to network and they love to gather. And getting men together at the self-development events was always that little bit harder than getting women in the, in True. the door. Yep. Yeah. So for me to be able to run local workshops and local events, uh, we were targeting women more because we knew that they were the ones that were going to come in person and potentially bring their partners or a friend or something that might be male. Um, but the ratio there was always more dominant with, with the women when it came to the in-live 
person events where online I have more men than women. Mm. No, that makes sense because as a man, it's a lot easier for men to open up one-on-one, even though we don't always like to open up. There's always that macho thing that men try to put up. We do need someone that we can trust and, and are comfortable with. So that makes a lot of sense there. Absolutely. And I create that space for them on the online group coaching programs because they do have men and women in them. Mm-hmm. And I encourage them to share with each other and create that safe space. And I have clients from the age of 18 up to, I think I've just signed my my oldest client so far and he's 76. Oh, nice. So yeah. that's a wide range. <laughs> that's definitely a wide range. Yeah. So it, it's, a, it's a huge wide range. And a lot of people say to me, like, who's your niche and who's your ideal client? And I say, I don't have a specific age, gender or anything. Ultimately, I help people achieve exactly what everyone wants to do. And that is how to come back to self and how to live in alignment with their true values and the essence of who they really are. And so many people, unfortunately, do not know who they are. Mm-hmm. It was it was actually in my group coaching the other day. I said to them, if, if someone was to walk up to you on the street and say, hi, who are you? How would you answer that? Because everyone always says, how are you? Not who are you? Mm-hmm. And that's they're like, good. They're like, oh my God, I don't think, I actually don't know. <laughs> I don't know how I'd answer that, right? So, yeah, I just thought about that. I would literally, I would have to, wow. Cause at first I would think, oh, well, I'm a salesman, I'm a businessman, I'm a podcaster. But in reality, if I'm talking about who I am, I'm a writer, I'm a father, I, I'm a lover of engaging with people. Like you made my whole mindset just think differently there. Yes, exactly. And so the reason why people struggle to share this is because they don't really know who they are. And that's what I love so much about this space and the journey I take my clients on is that journey of that self-discovery and connecting back to self because we get so distracted and addicted to our external environment that can influence our identity and who we really are. And it's not until people separate themselves from that and really get clear and gain that clarity on who am I? Mm-hmm. Who and am that's, I? that's a hard process because a lot of people I would think have their like mask up or their walls up or who they project to be, but it's not really who they are or what they want to be. Yeah. Um, no, that's, I like that. That's very interesting. So do, would you consider yourself more of a, like a mindset coach or is, is that more where you would fall into that category or? Yeah, so definitely between like a self-empowerment coach or a success mindset coach because ultimately everyone is chasing success in life, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it's a successful relationship, whether they want that career or that new business they want to create or that promotion at work, whatever area of their life, they're chasing success. But success looks different to every single individual. And so whilst I'm taking them on this journey of self-discovery and learning who they really are, that's when they are able to fall into alignment of what success truly means to them. Mm -hmm. So here's a question. I think I know the answer to this one, but which (laughs) is it, which is harder to get a man to admit who they are or a woman? I would think it might, well, I'm going to let you answer that. I don't know. (laughs) Well, look, it's not a matter of admitting who they are. There's a step-by-step process that I take them through in my programs. And this slowly slowly peels back the layers and allows them to discover who they are because they can't just answer that question straight up without going through this process. And by the end of it, that's why they become self-empowered because they have that clarity. They have a true sense of who they are within that identity. 
And I often explain to them there's a duality in, in our identities, right? We have the mask that you referred to, which is mm -hmm. the external image of who we portray to the outside world of who we think we need to be or should be. Right. And then we have our internal reality of who we really are. And that's the one I'm helping them come home to and realize and discover. And it's, it's liberating. It's a little confronting. It can be mm -hmm. uncomfortable at times, but the end result is extremely rewarding. No, no, I, I, I can see where that is. So I've done some <laughs> self-improvement and stuff like that, but really digging in and getting to the real you can be mm -hmm. scary for people because sometimes they get caught in, I'm this role. Well, if you take that role away, who really are you? So yes. that, that's intriguing for sure. Yes. And that's why majority of my clients are going through a divorce or a breakup, because when we lose something that we associate as part of ourselves and that identity, we create a huge shift in our identity. And now they are trying to rediscover who they are on their own without that attachment from that external source. Right. Mm hmm. Mm. Oh, that makes sense. Because again, if you're with someone for a long time and then they're gone now, how are you at that point? I, who yeah. really are you? Because were you playing a role for them or is it really you? Yeah, no, that, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. So it's that identity crisis, right? Of, okay, well, who am I now? What am I supposed to do with my life? When we, they had this vision of what life they were creating with that significant partner. And the same with if they are no longer a full-time parent, right? When mm -hmm. usually during a divorce or a separation, uh, you know, more often than not, unfortunately, children are involved. Right. And so they also lose that title as a husband or a wife, but now they're losing that title as a full-time parent. They're still a parent, but they're not full-time. And so they've got all this spare time on their hands. And that's where I help them discover who are they without all of that external attachments. Mm -hmm. and, and that kind of would tie into possibly people going through what they would term here in the States, a midlife crisis as well. Maybe they're not going through a divorce, but hitting that whole wall of, oh, crap, I'm 40. What am I going to do now? You know, where before, because <laughs> yeah. well, I think in our 20s, we were like, you know, you do what people expect you to do. In your 30s, you start to question it. When you get to your 40s, either you give up or you make a transformation. That just seems to be what happens. At least. Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't necessarily have to be a breakup or a divorce that makes people start asking themselves these fundamental questions. What usually happens is our personalities are usually fully developed by our mid-30s. And for some people, it can happen sooner. And for some people, it can happen later. And when our personality is fully developed, that's where we start asking ourselves those questions. Like, Who am I? What is my purpose? What am I doing with my life? Do I want to settle down? Do I want to go backpacking around the world? Yep. You know, do I want to be free or do I want to, you know, conform to society's ideations of, excuse me, settling down? Mm -hmm. hmm. No, no, I hear you. Like I, I went through that whole stage to where I wanted to find out, okay, what am I doing with life? Do I want to just, you know, follow the corporate path or do I want to bridge out and do more stuff, which is let me do the podcast and other things outside of what I'm doing corporate America wise. Um, so something else I wanted to ask you, because I'm pretty sure from following your stuff, you're into this. How important is self-care and what do you recommend for people with that? Yeah, look, a very interesting question. I've been asked this uh, a lot before because self-love and self-care are very different. I see self-care as the bubble baths, the face masks, the mm -hmm. getting a massage, making sure you relax and have downtime. 
And self-love, which may be what more you were referring to and how important that is, is it's it's absolutely crucial to our to our development and our journey. So self-love is all about that connection to self, right? And as I was saying before, we become so addicted to our external environment that we don't take the time to slow down and acknowledge ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so when you are a full-time parent or husband or wife or you've got a business to run, we take on multiple titles and we have multiple masks. Yep. And in that, we fail to step back and acknowledge who we are on our own and basically gift ourselves the value of time, right? Time is so precious. We can never get it back. Mm-hmm. And that was something that became very obvious to me when my father passed and something that I truly started to value. Time was not something I valued prior to that, right? It took took something like that, a huge catalyst in my life for me to, to say, okay, I now really truly value time and how precious it is. And so with that came self-love and and boundaries and self-respect and integrity of, well, I'm not going to waste my time doing X, Y, Z. I'm not going to gift my time to people that do X, Y, Z. And so you start to nurture and honor yourself in that. And you start to thrive in that space because you're creating discipline and boundaries and respect for yourself, which a lot of people don't do, unfortunately. So, so let's break this down just a little bit more because I think a lot of my audience could definitely get this from here. So like when you say self-love, um, when I think of self-love for me, like I do like the self-care stuff. I do the baths. I do the walks. I do stuff like that. But like just going and sitting in a park and just taking like 15 minutes and just doing like a stillness practice or just spending time with me, that to me would be something of self-love or like maybe affirmation. Am I kind of understanding what you're saying or am yeah. I missing it? Yes. Yeah, so self-love would be more of the taking the time to journal, mm-hmm. right? Having that time in isolation, have that solo conversation with yourself, right? Ask mm-hmm. yourself, how am I feeling today? Check in with yourself. You know, I often say this to the people in my coaching as well. And it's like, how often do we roll over first thing in the morning and pick up our phone and we check in with yep. the rest of the world, but we fail to check in with ourselves. Right. Yeah. So check in and ask yourself, how am I feeling today? What do I need today? Right. And, and journal regularly. I'm, you know, I journal every day. I read every night before I go to bed. Um, I also express to people how important it is that what we do for the last hour or at least half an hour before we go to bed is really important for our programming with our subconscious mind because our brain is still working while we're asleep. That's why we're able to have dreams, right? Mm-hmm. And I often use metaphors so people understand. I know a lot of male audience will relate to this, but imagine like a big juicy piece of steak that needs to be marinated in that nice sauce overnight and you want to cook it the next day. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the same with the content that you consume before you go to bed, immediately before you go to bed, uh, you need to marinate your unconscious mind in juicy content and it's got to be good for it uh, to to help rewire and reprogram your mind to take in the positive and the healthy. So so let me ask you on this. So when you're talking about that, are you talking about like I read self-help books, I read... Um, encouragement books, or maybe just something that's going to ease my mind. So I try to at least a half hour before I go to bed, put my device down and not yeah. look at it. And then yeah. I try to get something in my head that I want to think about while I'm sleeping, that's going to improve me or make me happy, or maybe just make up a story I want to talk about just because I'm being weird. But 
Is, is yeah. that kind of what yeah. you're talking about with that practice or? A hundred percent. Yeah. So it's positive content, things that you want to focus on people that study or trying to finish assignment assignments, or they binge watch on Netflix, or they watch the news, or they might have an argument with their partner, or they've yelled at their kid before they went to bed. If you do those things before you go to bed, people don't understand how that can affect your programming and how that can disrupt yeah, your mental health. So because it doesn't, it just keep playing in your head. Like the last few things you do, like you'll play it like the whole night, like subconsciously or? Yes. And our subconscious is a record of the past. Yeah. It's, I often refer, again, to use a metaphor, I often refer to it as old software, right? If you think of it like a computer, our subconscious is like old software. And you think, depending how old you are, how old mm-hmm. that software is and how <laughs> much programming it has. And it has old uh, it has like viruses and glitches in there, right? Just mm-hmm. like a normal, right? And it's we're so quick to update the software on our phones and our MacBooks and everything, but we don't think to upgrade this, right? We've got to upgrade our own programming. Yeah, we go into our own little, what we're used to doing, whether it's good or bad. So how would you recommend to my audience, for lack of better terms, upgrading your system? Besides like the, the positive books, are you into like meditation or stillness yeah. practices or? Yes. So when I do bring people into my programs, the first thing that we go to go through is we assess their environment, right? I always say you can't plant a seed in poor soil and expect it to grow. So assessing your environment and also your daily routine and your rituals, right? And when you say rituals, people think, oh, that's like meditation and, and yoga and things like that. And it is, but we have bad rituals as well. We have bad habits, that negative self-talk that we're not consciously aware of that we're doing every day. Um, You know, maybe you've got issues where you end up being really defensive when something like when your boss comes up to you and, and asks you to do something and things like that. So we need to be consciously aware of these rituals that are either negative or positive. And we want to remove the negative and start replacing them with positive rituals. And I always get people to start the, you know, the day on the right foot and mm-hmm. also end the evening and on a positive note as well. And so what you do first thing in the morning and what you do the last thing of the evening is most important for our programming. And in the morning, I encourage people to make a choice between either a very Zen morning or a high impact energy morning. For me, I have better results with my coaching for me to get moving in the morning and our bodies actually release more serotonin first thing in the morning Mm -hmm. and so it's important that we get our bodies moving because motion equals emotion right 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 so i'm one of those people who's always got the music on i'm brushing my teeth i'm singing and dancing around the place and put my active wear on i take my dog for a walk out in nature you know, I take the time to be present in the moment when I'm walking my dog, I observe nature, I'm taking it all in, I'm doing a gratitude list in my head, you know, I'm not stressing about, oh my God, I've got to do all of this today. Mm-hmm. You know, it's about gifting yourself, as I said before, gift yourself that value of time, know that whilst you're on that walk or you're in the gym or whatever it is, that this is your time mm-hmm. and it is not the time to be stressing about what is happening ahead of you in the rest of that day. Take the time to be present in the moment and acknowledge yourself, acknowledge everything that you're grateful for. And starting your day on that note is incredible. 
However, some people like the Zen morning. It's the meditation. It's the journaling. It's watching a sunrise. It's doing a bit of yoga, um, drinking your herbal tea or your cacao or Mm -hmm. whatever it might be, right? Everybody's different. And I say there's no right or wrong. It's whatever works for you. Yeah, no, that's perfect. So like I am a get up, I drink coffee. I do like tea, but I'm more of a coffee person. (laughs) I get up, I get around and I listen to like a podcast or something when I'm going into my day job. And then when I get home in the afternoons more, that's when I do like my exercises or I'll go and do it for a walk or I go and do so. Maybe I'm more of the Zen in the morning because I just don't want to do as much. But then in the afternoon, I'm more about the movement and stuff. So that takes me to this daily habits and rituals, which is what we're kind of talking about. Are there, and I know you mentioned boundaries. What are your like non-negotiables? Are there certain things like you don't start work until a certain time or anything that we missed in this talk already? Yes, so you should definitely have, <clears throat> excuse me. Oh, no worries. No worries. I'm at the tail end of a cold here. <laughs> um, you should definitely be mindful of when you are checking your devices and how soon you're checking in with the world. As I said, if you take that time to acknowledge yourself in the morning, um, I know a lot of people have created boundaries around that now where they don't check their device until a certain time. You know, they want to be present with their kids in the morning or they want to have a meditation or, or something where they're truly focused on them. I also have uh, other students of mine who have um, logged out of all their devices throughout the day. Um, sorry, the, the apps. Mm-hmm. Log out of all their social media apps throughout the day so they can purely focus on their tasks for work without those distractions. So it's, it's also habit stacking. Like maybe if there's something that you obviously do in the morning, like one of my clients was saying that, he goes to make his morning coffee. So he's put his vitamins next to the coffee machine. So he knows that every morning when he goes to make his coffee, he can take his vitamins. Um, Sorry, another student of mine now puts their their journal on their pillow or a Mm -hmm. book that they're going to read that night. So they make the bed, put put the, the book or the journal that they're going to use that evening on the pillow so that when they go and put themselves to bed 15 minutes earlier now, Right. right. Then you mean their journal or that book is there ready to go and they can't forget about it. You know, so no, that's that's perfect. Yeah, it's finding ways to replace the negative rituals with the positive mm-hmm. ones and uh, learning how to habit stack and add things on. You know, even when you're brushing your teeth, you think you're sitting there brushing your teeth, you may as well do something while you're sitting there, right? And you can mm-hmm. still say things to yourself in your mind. So I have my clients with their affirmations or their I am yep. statements on the wall. And they're able to do that while they're brushing their teeth. And that's great for kids to engage in that as well. Yeah, no, that's perfect. So like I'm working on doing that more because like I'm mm-hmm. good at giving compliments to my kids, to my wife and all, but looking at myself and saying, I love me. It's just kind of like this new concept that I'm starting to get into. Um, I like to do this in the middle because this way people don't just hop off. But where can people find you? Because whenever I put it at the end, I know people like zip off and they don't hear this. So where can people find you? Sure. So Jessica Kate and Inspiring Minds Movement, um, both are on Instagram and Facebook. If you just type in Inspiring Minds Movement, you'll be able to find it. Um, there's even an Inspiring Minds website. So you'll be able to type it in anywhere and I'm sure it will come up. So Jessica Kate or Inspiring Minds Movement. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Cool. So I have this one fun question. I like to ask all my guests. So, and you can do it this way. You can go as far back in time as you want to go or as far forward in the future as you want to go. You get Mm -hmm. to go for one year 
and you can meet with anyone you want and mm. learn whatever you want for one year. And then you get to come back to where you are now and bring it back. Where would you go and what would you learn? Look, I've already learned so much from Tony Robbins, but I would love to sit down with him and meet him if I could meet someone. Um, in many ways, I've said to people, my father raised me my whole life, but that first Tony Robbins event I went to, I felt like he raised me that week. It was a very uh, prominent time in my journey and life. Um, I was heavily grieving the loss of my father. Um, my, my marriage was breaking down at the same time. Um, I had so much on my plate at that particular time in my life that when I went to the Tony Robbins event, I, I couldn't have been more lost. <laughs> yep. I, yeah, I, it just truly was this, this time in my life that I was stripped of everything I thought I knew and, and who I was. And I was very, very, I don't want to say damaged or broken because I don't believe we ever are. I just truly was, was lost and, and quite detached. Mm-hmm. And going to that event was um, the, the next catalyst for me. So my dad's passing was the catalyst for me to start asking myself those fundamental questions of who am I, what do I want with my life, and mm-hmm. am I happy, all of those things. And then the next the next thing was, okay, so now he's, he's Tony Robbins and he's raising me this week mm-hmm. and he's teaching me things that I wish I had known a long time yep. before and would have been very different, right? Um, so... Yeah, I think I'd love to sit down with Tony Robbins and have just this heart to heart of, yeah, <laughs> just really helping me uncover more. Mm-hmm. And also, because, you know, our growth is evolutionary, it, it doesn't stop. And I just think that there's always room to level up. Mm-hmm. And having sitting down and having coffee with Tony would be. Yeah. another another level honestly like no, yeah. and it makes sense because he came at the right time for you he was like the universe god whatever was the perfect timing it's what you needed at that point so here's yeah. another question i love asking so yeah. i always hear you're the five people you surround yourself with there's a lot of my listeners that can't get around say people that are as successful where they want to be maybe where they live um would you say that you agree with that statement or would you say, you know, you can still get around the five people you need to be by connections like this online with people and all? What, what are your thoughts on that? Well, whether it's virtual or in real life, it is 150% true that, that, that you need that. And for mm-hmm. me, I believe that's where a lot of that growth came from at that Tony Robbins event was the power proximity of being in that room of two and a half thousand people for six days um, that truly encouraged and supported and elevated my growth in that time. And since then, I continue to surround myself with people like that. So when I got home from that Tony Robbins event, I, I left my, my marriage, I left my husband, I walked away from a lot of old friendships that didn't serve me anymore. Mm-hmm. I I became absolutely ruthless in in like this is what I need for myself now that I'm clear on on who I am and what I want moving forward. I had to create those boundaries and set standards for myself and start valuing who I am if I was going to create the life I wanted. No, that's perfect. That that makes sense. And that's hard. So I, I commend you on that because a lot of people don't have the courage or guts to just do that. But in reality, yeah. we have one life to live. So we should do that. So yeah, that's, 
Yeah. And that's where I did start to question a lot. Do people need to experience extreme tragedy in their life to become that courageous? Because I referred to it as ruthless, right? I was just like, mm-hmm. oh, my life is what I'm doing. And it was, you know, it was black or white to me then, right? Yep. Um, but I know why I did that is because when I lost my dad, I, I, I truly changed. I became... another level of warrior inside (laughs) and I became absolutely fearless I thought nothing can hurt me beyond that right my dad was the closest person to me in the world he was my lifeline my best friend everything and I guess losing him was well there's nothing else that could hurt me in this world right Mm -hmm. nothing else compared to that level of pain and that's how I became fearless in pursuit of what I wanted for myself yeah, no, that's amazing. That's good. I think you're right, though. I think people have to have a certain type of tragedy or a certain moment in their life. It may not be a death like with your father, but just something that's just rocked their world to get them to get out of their matrix, you know, their day to day routines that they thought they had to be in. Yeah, absolutely. We're, we're being programmed to almost be robots, you know, the nine to five job. They're in this fog, right? They're in this coma. They're in this nine to five coma of you know, just doing that. And then they might fit in a little bit of Netflix and put the kids to bed. And then it's just Groundhog Day the next day. And it, it's really sad to see people not living out their dreams, their goals, their desires, everything. It's the fear, the limiting beliefs, so much uh, lack of clarity and, and knowledge mm-hmm. in who they are that's holding them back, right? It's that imposter syndrome, all yep. of it. Yeah, yep. and it's yep. sad to see. Well, and that's why they need people like me and you out there, you know, helping them get past that point or helping them get to a financial place where they can breathe and actually do something besides chase the bills, chase the house, chase the stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. I didn't mean to hurt you. No, I was just going to say that, you know, that saying of, are you working to live or living to work? Right. Yeah. Got to decide what's more important to you and and that was one of the main reasons um that that I did leave leave my marriage is because we're still really great friends we still have so much love and respect for each other but over the course of 10 years we just grew apart and wanted such mm-hmm. different things. and my values didn't align with his anymore and his choice of lifestyle was very much the the nine to five fog and unfortunately it's just very comfortable there because that's yeah. his safe yeah. yeah I think a lot of people fall into that And again, I commend you for being able to step out of it because a lot of times it's easy. It's easy to fall into the fog instead of taking the risk, following your dreams, following your passions, building the stuff because there's there's risk to it, but there's freedom and you get to do more stuff and enjoy life. So I would hate like I couldn't be locked in that nine to five box. Like, I mean, I don't I I work a full time job right now as well, but I still because I do sales, I'm able to go and do things a lot more people typically don't get to experience. So kind of creating that life that you want. Yeah. Well, you know, in the past, to be honest, I used to value more certainty and security and stability. You know, I came from a very dysfunctional upbringing. I left home at 17 at a young age with nothing more than a suitcase of clothes. And I valued security and stability. And I believe when I, when I valued that, that's what suited the situation I was Mm -hmm. in and marriage and everything, you know, that, that actually complemented the relationship because he valued that as well. Mm-hmm. But when my father passed and I had that awakening of life is short and I don't want mediocre, 
then I needed to start asking myself those questions that how can I achieve what I want and, and what's it going to take and becoming in alignment with who I am and identifying the parts of myself that I was suppressing due mm-hmm. to society's ideations of what you should do with your life and also that environment that I was in and that relationship I was in I had to strip myself of that to discover what I was truly capable of and take those risks as you say yeah no no I love that I moved a thousand miles away from my family love my family wasn't it just I had to get away from the people around me how they saw me what they expected of me so that I could actually become who I wanted to be it was kind of like I literally made that move and now I've gotten to go a lot farther because of that. So that, that's awesome. I love mm-hmm. that. So here's these, this is more of the fun, relaxing, fun type of things. Just one word answers, kind of just a little quick lightning round. Are you a more of a mountains or beach girl? Oh, beach. But I love mountains too. <laughs> I know. I, I used to be a beach person, but I just went to Montana to a mastermind with a friend of mine and I fell in love with the mountains. So I, it's hard to decide. Um, so money or legacy? Legacy. If you could travel to any place in the U.S. besides the country you live in, I know you live in, or sorry, any place in the world. Most of my guests have been from the U.S. She's from Australia, so she gets a different thing here. Where would you, like, if you just could go and just visit and be somewhere for like, say, a month, do you have a certain spot you'd want to check out? Well, I've done a fair bit of traveling and I have quite a few favorite spots, uh, but for a month, hmm. Everything's paid. You can stay where you want. We're <laughs> yeah. in dream, whatever you want to do. I mean, because I love the beach. I love tropical holidays, but a month there, I think I'd get quite bored, mm-hmm. right? Because <laughs> there's only so much relaxing and cocktails you can sip on Correct. before you Correct. Can a little bit bored i'd need to stimulate my senses and start climbing those mountains or something right mm-hmm. um look i love hawaii i love fiji yep. i love the, the maldives or maldives however you want to pronounce it um but look i haven't been to croatia and the greek islands i think i want to get lost around there and, mm-hmm. and spend some time in europe um i was meant to do that before corona so yeah i yeah. think i'd probably head over there now my wife and i were planning on going there for our 20th anniversary but then it was one of the whole everything going on we decided to go to Hawaii this year instead so I understand I understand yeah I've been there a couple of times I just love yeah. it and the, not not just the the atmosphere but the, the people there as well like mm-hmm. this the culture to me compared to Australia it's warm it's friendly it's yeah I just love it <laughs> yeah it's really laid back my favorite island is Kauai that's the one we go to that's yeah. a fun one so last question in this is one I, I always like to ask as well if they forgot about everything we talked about and people only found just this last three to five minutes. What would be your advice, encouragement, whatever you want to turn that to my guest? This is the only chance they maybe would ever get to hear you. What would you say to them? Well, in conclusion and in in a summary to what we have covered today, uh, the most important message amongst all of that is take the time to get to know who you truly are right remove that mask remove all the external noise and come back to self you know silence your ego and get into true true connection with with who you are and discover who you are with that comes great strength and empowerment you would be surprised
the results in your life and everyone you care about when you become in alignment with who you really are. But it takes time, it takes patience, and it takes courage to look at the parts of ourselves that we may have suppressed or have ignored from, from the past, um, or we've allowed other people to dictate who we are and, and our worth as well. Another thing I ask my students is, who decided your worth and when did you decide to accept it? Oh, that's good. I like mm-hmm. that. That yeah. that's yeah, right. Whether it's a you know that, that bully at school or an ex partner or you know your parents or someone that may have neglected or abandoned you when you were young or things like that. But somewhere along the line, someone decided your worth and you decided to accept it. And it's important that we remove that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we remove and we come back to self and discover who we are and what value are we willing to put on our own worth and when you master that that's when you can master success for yourself in your life whatever that means to you on your terms now that's amazing and again i want to thank you for being on the podcast uh i've learned a a bunch um i've really much enjoyed it and i just again want to acknowledge you um sorry my daughter just ran in for a second (laughs) i just wanted to acknowledge you on you know being able to get to the point where you just decided i am going to be ruthless as you said i am going to be the warrior and become the person i want to be and then now i'm going to help other people do that thank you again i really appreciate it jessica kate um please do me a favor everyone Follow me on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. It's 150K podcast where we help you take your dreams to six figures and beyond. Again, I'm your host, Joe Graham. Go check Jessica Kate out. She's on Instagram, Facebook. She has a website, Inspiring Minds Movement. And thank you again for being on the podcast. We'll talk soon. You're more than welcome. Thanks, everyone. Thank you.